You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I am back. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison. Uh, joined with Reed Bacon. Very excited to be back. Very disappointed on the game that I'm coming back on. Uh, but we're talking Florida today, uh, going over everything that happened, what we think went wrong, uh, maybe some things we saw that went right, and what the UTSA game means moving forward and what we're going to get into with all of that. But first, before we get into anything, Reed, how are we doing, bud? <laughs> yeah. He's back. We got our best friend, Kyler, back. Wow. You know what? I don't even care that we just lost to Florida. It is so, <laughs> it is so good to see you. Obviously, we've talked. We did not talk the game, though. We have not talked about the game. But he was very to... tempted, but he yeah, did we not. Were. We were tempted. I was tempted, but we did not talk about the game. It is unbelievable to have you back in the States. I hope, and I know you had a great time. You can maybe dive into that a little bit on another pod. Maybe <laughs> like, uh, you know, maybe like after hopefully we destroy UTSA. Or maybe like after the UConn, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, man, it is uh, it is unbelievable to have you back and just seeing you there. Are, are you wearing black uh, for a reason? Are, are you mourning the loss, the Florida loss? Um, yeah, definitely mourning the loss. Uh, you know, it's really tough when the game comes on at 1 a.m. where you're at and you can't really watch it. So you have to wake up at 3 a.m. to catch a flight, uh, to come back to the States and you can't check or watch the game because you have to make sure you're getting the taxi and make sure you got all your bags packed and make sure you got everything going. And legit, the only play that I watched that was live was the last fourth down. <laughs> and just waking up and looking at a score and being like, it's seven to 26. Wow. This is great. And having no idea what's going on. And then knowing we lost, knowing that it was bad, seeing everyone's reactions online, and then telling yourself, you have to watch this, was not fun. I was like dreading it, dreading watching this game because um, I didn't know what was going to happen and I knew it was just going to piss me off while I was watching it. But I watched it. I watched it one time through. So I'm not going to say that I have like, oh yeah, I have this play written down at this time and all that kind of stuff. But... Oh, it was uh, it was disappointing. Let's say that it was disappointing. Don't worry, I have I have the notes taken care of, and and the reason I am wearing this is because I choose to represent my teams that win. Now, granted, yeah, Titans lost first week. They played terrible. It's a week to week season. We came back, nice big win, home opener. I'm repping the Mike Vrabel boys. So. 
I get it. I get it. I would, I would do the same thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but all right. Let, let's, 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 you, you talked about how disappointed you were and yes. how bummed and how bummed you were. Is there anything that else that you want to add briefly before I jump into my, my monologue of uh, just what, it, what the Florida game meant to you as a, as a former player, you've always said it's the one that mattered to you the most. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. It mattered to me the most, and I never beat Florida, uh, which really sucked. Um, it is a catch-22 in a way, watching the game. In On one side, I saw the issues that were had, and it was us. Right. It was us with pre-stamp penalties. It was us not executing in our blocking scheme. It was us not running the right route. It was us not making the correct throw. It was us not making those tackles. It was us having penalties on defense. It was us jumping off sides and giving them first downs. And that is good because it's fixable. It's good because Florida wasn't the one who beat us. We beat ourselves. Florida didn't really kick our ass. It was us falling apart. But it's also bad because that means these guys aren't ready. That means they're not prepared for a loud stadium. And maybe the snap count is not going to be the easiest to hear. Uh, and you're going to have to adjust to that. They're not prepared for what the looks that they're going to get on defense. They're not prepared for, Hey, I need to wrap up when I go to make a tackle. So on one side, yeah, it's great that it was us and not Florida that, that, you know, lost the game. Do you, but on the other side, it sucks because it was us. And I know, I know because I've been a part of it that those things are preventable. That those things are you're able to practice them, so it's it's very disappointing to see that all of those things happened. And we'll break it down as we go. And when we get into offense, we can talk about it more. In defense, when we talk about it more, but it's just it's just bad to to see that because I know I know for a fact that you can do things to practice the things that I saw and be prepared for situations. And that just doesn't seem like it happened. You agree that Florida's not that good of a team? Yes. We're like like 6 and 6, 7 and 5. Yeah, I would say 7 and 5. I think they will end up being 7 and 5 now that they have a win versus us. Yeah. Okay. That that's 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 what I was I was curious. If you don't know, there's been a lot of back and forth about Joe Milton. Uh we will I will get your opinion on that. Um mm-hmm. I think what I mean, I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong about this. I've been saying it for for weeks, for months, that I thought we would go down there and win, uh, and that the fourth quarter. I guess I was right about that. The fourth quarter really was <laughs> really wasn't a game, but it was just wasn't really a game for the Florida fans. They got to enjoy it. Um, I I, got, I have I have I have. Uh, let me and real quick too. It's a bummer for me because we do have to wait. Two years. Now you're saying we get to play them. Well, we do play them again next year, right? I uh, yeah, we're definitely going to. There's no way they would take 
I mean, I guess they would, but I I don't feel like they would take the Florida game away from us. I, yeah, I just caught myself on this because I was going to say it's a bummer that we have to wait two years to, to get a chance to go back down there and whip them in, in their home stadium. But with all the turnaround, yeah, I didn't really think about it. But anyways, um, let, let me say this. So, so uh, people, which it's not, it's not realistic. I know I've said stuff like this before. People should not be allowed to comment on the game until after they watch the film. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch and it I, a second time. Yeah, and I know, and, and listen, I know that's not realistic because at the heat of the moment, you want to vent, you want to talk to your buddies, you want to listen to call-in shows, you want, and, and listen, that's great. That's never been really my big thing, um, but, but I, I totally get, and I have buddies that absolutely love to do that. If I had done this podcast immediately afterwards – I would have been mm-hmm. completely wrong. I, I, my opening statement is a thousand times different sitting here now and not even because I'm not emotional, but because I've just got to sit and watch the facts. The, the, I, I get so excited to watch the film now. Yeah. It's unbelievable because I feel like I'm getting the answers to the test. Make sense? We're having a little technical difficulties. I don't know if it's on my end or your end, but you you did hear me, right? Yes, I heard you. You're cut, cutting in loud. Bad. Okay. Well, your your end was doing that too, but I could still hear you even if it would freeze a little bit. Yeah, it'll be fine. Okay, it'll catch up. So, anyways, I'm happy that we're we're doing this now compared to right after. Second off, a very very quick story. So game ended. I, I had to get out of the house. I walked. Megan was leaving to go back home, so I walked her out. She left. I said, uh, you know, I, I could go walk Annie. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a little hungry. I want a little snack. I'm on a fitness journey right now because your boy's got to lose some LBs. So instead of, go, <laughs> instead of going to the gas station and getting, you know, ice cream or candy, I went and got a protein bar, which they are delicious. So I was going to have a little protein bar and some milk. And I get there, and there is a soccer team there. Uh, it's the Greenville Triumph, so some semi-pro or whatever soccer team. Okay. And I'm standing in the aisle, and I've realized now as I've gotten older that my biggest pet peeve are just people who are just rude or inconsiderate. That, that's my number one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, for example, if you hold the door for someone and they don't say anything, um, and it's just like, sweet. Like, I, I almost want to go, I'm almost going to go grab them, walk them back out of the store, <laughs> Let me walk in and not, and not hold the door for them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not where I'm getting though with this. This is just a little funny story because of how frustrated I was after the, after the Florida game. So I get down there and there's, I'm talking like it's a whole soccer team of gr- grown dudes. I mean, they're anywhere from probably early 20s to 30s yeah and I'm standing in the aisle of a gas station it's an aisle it's not very big but i'm standing there most people when they walk in front of you are going to say hey excuse me right because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking and surveying my protein bars and the guy walks in front of me so anyways he walks in front of me dude doesn't say a word like just just acts like he uh, he owns the, the aisle and like he's just better like <laughs> his his presence is more important so then <laughs> I'll wrap this up quick. He doubles back by and comes back by, doesn't say a word. I'm like, all right, enough of this. So then I take a step and I am in the middle of the aisle. And I said, 
ain't, ain't nobody getting around unless they literally have to walk around me. At, so another teammate comes by, another guy who just doesn't pay attention. He literally gets to me, and instead of saying, excuse me, he just kind of does like that awkward, like, which way do I go? And then just slithered behind me. And it was at that point, and I was like, yeah, mother effer, you better. Because if not, I'm about to swing on somebody and take out 17 dudes. This this is the frame of mind that is not. Yeah, bad. literally, you, you, all it was is that we lost to Florida. <laughs> I mean, it really had nothing to do with them. And you're about to get in an all-out brawl. With and I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I looked and I said, but I mean, it did piss me off because they were just being rude and not like, just say excuse me or just like, hey, man, can I get around you? Like, whatever. It's you're, not just, you're just lucky it wasn't a rugby team. <laughs> get your ass kicked. <laughs> anyways bro i'm dead serious i i literally for a half second my mind said bro it, it i mean there's seven 15 16 17 20 dudes yeah and i was like if 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 i say something and one of them says something i'm gonna break one of these dudes jaws and my hope is that if he drops out they're like holy crap this guy's crazy we can't take him on because if not there's 15 dudes yeah. anyways then i walked out of the store i said hey reed get a grip it's a football game Tuck it, tuck it in, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, over. I don't even have an overview. I guess I just wasted time on that as my overview. Let's just <laughs> let's let's just jump into offense. Um, do you want to take? Do you have something where you want to start on on offense or? Because um, I know yeah. you maybe need to take notes. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to take notes. I was actually cooking as I was watching it. Um, it's funny when you rewatch it, and you know, you know we're gonna lose, but then you see plays in it. Like I still like jump up and down, like, oh my gosh, like in frustration or in excitement, even though it's like you know they know the outcome. Um, but offensively. In the first half, you know, I was going into it like, oh, okay, so Joe wasn't making the passes. Um, wide receivers were dropping balls again. Uh, we weren't able to convert when we needed to. That's probably why we only scored seven points. So then I turn on the game. In the first drive, we go down and score. And I'm like, okay, what in the world happened? Right that made it to where we didn't score again. Uh, and then it seemed reasonable that the drives didn't sustain. It was little tiny stuff of a false start to start off a drive and you back it up. And now you're first and 15, you get away from the run game. How many times have I said how important that is? You, you know, there was a third down that like, I know what they were trying to do with uh, Jalen Wright motioning out to the right side and having three blockers ahead of him and kind of playing it like, oh, we're looking back at the sideline to try and catch Florida. I totally get that. That would work in most instances, but the linebacker bumped out with him enough to where he could catch up. In that situation, Joe kind of has to take that as, hey, this isn't going to work. I need to adjust. I need to call it like slow us down. Easy, easy. Put in another play. Then maybe we get there. It's unfortunate. We don't get the first down. What Florida did well is made drives very long 
and made it to where we didn't get the ball many times. I mean, you get it four times and half of the first, like it's halfway into the second quarter and we've gotten the ball four times. Like it's not a lot. And that's kind of what happens when you play this up-tempo offense and you don't convert. Um, and it just seemed, hey, we're just having mistakes. We're, we're, we're holding, we're jumping off sides, we're committing stupid penalties, and that's what's crushing the drive. And the defense, a lot of the time, did what we've talked about many times is die slow. Make the drive longer if you have to. Don't give up big plays, which they really didn't. Besides that, you know, second touchdown when Kamal hadn't tried to make a tackle and didn't. Um, first touchdown, first touchdown. First touchdown. And offensively, it, like I didn't think it was that bad. Like it didn't seem that bad when they executed. But it Let was me just little stuff that – Hey, let's think on the damn fly here, but your center can't hear the clap of the quarterback. He cannot hear it because the stadium is so loud. We need to tap his butt with the guard. They didn't do that till the second half. So how many false start penalties do we have in the first with Ollie Lane in there, with Dane Davis in there, with anybody in there? It was still happening, and it wasn't adjusted. I mean – you got like guy people can talk shit all they want about coach Jones and who he was and who he was as a coach. I'll tell you this. Never did I ever feel like noise affected me because I had worse shit in practice when he played it over the loudspeakers. Never did I feel like I was unprepared for any kind of uh, center exchange environment because of what he put us through we had multiple ways to snap the ball without a cadence we had a clap we had a center tap we had a center head turn we had just a timing where the center didn't move his head and we could adjust in the game we literally had it to where it was like hey the clap isn't working i can't hear it at tackle okay let's go to the tap so the guard would look back Wait for a sig- wait for a, a leg lift and then tap the center. So it's like that where I know that can work, but they didn't do it until the second half. And then I think, well, if Cooper was in there, what would have happened? Right? Cooper would have been like, "All right, I can't hear you, so we got to do something else." Because Cooper is one of the guys who is very blatant. Like Cooper doesn't hold things in he's going to tell you how he feels he's like that's stupid like he will just say it so I was annoyed that we were making stupid mistakes but like I was way more pissed off at this offense versus Austin P than I was versus Florida so you you did watch the Virginia and Austin P game yes I watched both so you get the front, like everyone's saying, and there's a lot of frustration saying we're bubble screen university. Why? What's the deal with all these bubble screens? Why are we not taking shots downfield? Joe sucks. Joe doesn't suck. Receivers suck. It's they're dropping passes. They're not like that, that whole back and forth. You're aware of all that? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember hearing it, and and for 
the Austin P take because you know I didn't get to share it. It's it it was apparent to me that the guys were not ready to play, that they did not take Austin P serious, and they thought they could run through the motions. And then when it caught up to them and a ball is hitting them in the hands, they freaking drop it. And it's like you didn't prepare correctly. You thought this was going to be easy, and now your head's not in the game at all. Um, I think Joe was behind on his throws, yes, but not ungodly, not absolutely horrific. I thought – I mean, we may we may differ on that. We haven't talked about it, and I don't want to hijack the pod with you and I going back and forth. But, like, the McCall and Castle – that was a horrendous throw. I mean, that that's 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 on Joe. You know yeah. Yes. There's a but, few. But anyways. So but if Reed was running that crossing route and Joe threw that ball, does Reed catch it? The one to McCollin Castle? Hell no, I'm not catching that. No, <laughs> you I'm don't not. think so? No, no. I think I catch it. No, you don't. And you do – and sneaky, bro, people don't know. Like, you have great hands. Like, I mean, when you lost weight and started playing flag football with us, it was a joke how good a receiver you are. But anyway. I don't uh, – I I don't think – if a ball hits me in the hands, I got it. That's how I think. And I understand it's behind you, but if a ball hits you in the hands, catch it. I disagree. I disagree, but we can say that for another time. Okay. Let, let me let me, let me me say this. Um to, to, to break before we break down some plays. And I told you I had a great analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, J- J- Joe Milton and so- Joe Milton and some other players on this team are my golf game. They, they are, they are, we cannot expect anything like anything more than what we've already seen. There mm-hmm. are days that I, me personally, can go out and play golf. And I'm, I, for whatever reason, whether I'm feeling good or there's times I play good and I'm not even feeling great, but it's just kind of working out. And there's days where someone could look at me and be like, hey, this guy maybe played high school golf. Like, he he like he's, he can be a good player. Yeah. And there are days that literally it looks like, why are we playing with this guy? He's trash. He's t- taken up for time. Like, this dude might not break 95 or 100. And it's like, and then that that's just like, who it is, even for me personally, I don't know what I'm going to get when I get out there. And mm-hmm. there's times where it might be an average round for me. And there's times like I just played this past Saturday, first three holes, it's like par, par, par. And I'm swinging it pretty good, you know, maybe scrambling pretty good. Kyler, I go to another tee box and I tee it up. Now I will say that the tee box with my driver has been my, my big bugaboo for the past two summers. I go to a tee box and I, like I said, I'm like one over through three or four, whatever. I, I go to drive it. I don't top it. I don't slice it. I don't hook it. I take my driver and it goes all the way up under the tee and it flop shots my tee shot. Why did it happen? How did it happen? Was it in my own head? Was I nervous? I don't know. But you get my point that I'm showing you yeah. that that like and that's who Joe is. Joe, I, I'm confirmed now. I'm not going to say Joe's not good or he isn't. I'm going to say Joe's just inconsistent. And if you're inconsistent enough, 
mm-hmm. then, then you're not ultimately good enough and you're not going to be good enough to win. Um, and and you're you, not going to be good enough to overcome yes, stupid penalties yes. that put you in first and 25. Yeah. So, 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 so you're not going to be good enough to overcome your team or circumstances and you're not going to be good enough to beat really good teams. And that's why I'm saying I can go out and absolutely pure a shot and I'm sticking it within 10 feet. Just like Joe can go throw one of those dimes to Thornton or yeah. one of those. He threw two in a row to him. Right, right. And then it's, and then it's, it's Hypel draws up a play. And he misses first, squirrel white in the end zone. What's that? And he misses squirrel white in the end zone on a deep ball. Or, or no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying in the Florida game, Hypel goes wide and says, hey, this is a third nine. We need a patent slant like last year we run. And Hinden hits Cedric Tillman basically every time, or he hits Brew McCoy every time, or Jalen, and 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 Joe and Joe Milton dirts it. He slides up under the tee and flop shots a driver. I'm like that. That is just like there's too many. It's like, and that's why I understand the people that either defend him or don't defend him. Personally, for me, I'm kind of I'm kind of done with Joe yeah. because I personally do not want to ride a roller coaster every week. I. I would rather say, hey, let's throw Nico in and let's just – because then it's like if there's some up and downs, I get it. He's a freshman. Like, but yeah. then there's some promise. There's some hope. It's the exact there- It's the exact argument everyone has when you draft a rookie quarterback in the NFL and you've got a veteran that's kind of playing, but he's, he's not like your future. And they're like, hey, you're not making the playoffs – put the dang rookie in, right. get him experience, right. get him playing, and forget the other guy. The other guy's not the future. He's a placeholder. So it, we're kind of in the same scenario right now. I know. I, 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 no, and I completely agree. And it's like, so that's just me personally. For me, I, I'm done with Joe because the the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Uh, no yeah. pun intended with him. Like, yeah, he's going to die. He's going to throw a couple dimes, but I can't have a quarterback that rolls out a perfect play call by my head coach for a two-point conversion. And not only does he not make the throw, like he doesn't actually make the good a good throw, he doesn't even pull the trigger. And so he also like, missed the actual play call of the tunnel shovel pass underneath. Literally, <laughs> uh, my, boy, my boy Small, Jabari Small, is just sitting there looking at him like, you're going to – you gonna toss it in here because it was wide open, and Joe just kept running, looking for other receivers on the outside. And it was like Hypel drew that play up, like he's done before for Hendon, and Hendon was able to read the defense and see what they gave him and be able to put it in the right position. But Joe's not. Joe's just not there. And I, I think Hypel is kind of handcuffed in a way because what's his main job? It's to win football games, and right now the best chance he has to win a football game is with Joe at quarterback than Nico. And that's what's scary. And that's what scares me. And and I'm, and I, and I don't want to overreact and say, well, Nico's not ready yet because it takes, it takes time. I mean, I said it on one of the first pods, John Joseph had a PT last year. James Pierce was kind of unheard of. Now, Fast forward a year, we don't see Joshua Joseph that much, and James Pierce is one of the best players on defense. So everyone mm-hmm. has a different um, maturation and maturity, but it, it's like 
it, it's just it's just tough because it's it stinks that if 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 Heupel is seeing that every day at practice and is saying the kid ain't ready yet, then that's frustrating for us fans. But like, I guess we have to trust him that there's a reason he's not playing him. Yeah, I mean that that has to be it. I mean it 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 is not the skill set. You know, it's not the he can't make the throw. It's the hey, when I put him in this situation in practice, and I'm like, hey, pick and choose. He's slow to react, right? He doesn't get the ball out on time. He is thinking and thinking too much and doesn't play quick enough. Like those are – like, yeah, that happens as a freshman. Like, yeah, that makes sense. So right now it's just, hey, how can I win a football game? Joe at quarterback. Like that is my best opportunity. If it's Nico – I kind of got to call different plays. I have to do different things that he would be comfortable with. I have to adjust how I run my offense. With Joe, he's been here for two, three years. He's been here. This is his third year. He understands the offensive play call. He can communicate it with everybody. Nico might not be able to when he gives him the play. And it's like, uh, I don't know. And, that, and that's one of the things I was going to piggyback off of. It might not be the fact that Nico can't make the throws. It might be the fact of everything else that goes into being a quarterback for a that's team. That's it. That you know is I mean? it. It's not the throws. Yeah. Nico can make the throws. We saw we saw the random throws he was able to make in the spring game. We saw the throws he was able to make when he got to play in Virginia. Like, you see it in him. You see his pocket presence. He's so good in the pocket when – when he got in versus Virginia, like him moving in the pocket, I was so impressed. It made me oh, so excited. It's for, unbelievable. For, yeah, unbelievable for the future. He made some good throws, like the attempt to to score the touchdown. I think he was throwing it to Squirrel. Caleb Webb. Or it was Caleb Webb. At that time, I get it. Caleb Webb's one-on-one. But if he had looked over just a little bit, Thornton was open. And he probably could have got a touchdown with Thornton. But he's on the run, and that was a little difficult to see. And, uh, you know, he's a freshman. So it, like, makes sense. People, I just think people need to under, understand that the speed of the game, whether I don't care what, how high a level of college football, I mean, how high a level of high school football you're playing, there's just an adjustment period, and some people pick it up quicker. And that's not yeah. a negative. It's just it's a speed of a game. I mean, I used you as a perfect example on the pod, like, you were in the program for three years, and then you started. And then you were the best, you know, arguably the best offensive lineman for two years. Um, yeah. So it just, it's just one of those things. Anyways, and, and I don't want to beat up on Joe. Like I said, personally, I'm, I, I just say I'm, I'm kind of over it because I don't like the inconsistency. But there's other people, there's other people that need to be more consistent. You, you know what I mean? Like, we know that, we know that their level is here. And you can still win games at their level here. Obviously, we want elite talent, the elite talent, five-star, blue-chip, four- and five-star guys, and their talent's here. And when they play consistent, you can't yeah. touch But if there's a guy that's here, like an Ollie Lane or a Jeremiah Crawford or whatever, like if they play to their potential, you can still win a lot of football games. But if they just take that little bit step back of inconsistency – it's you're you're in trouble and, and yeah. you're in trouble in a in a quick way. And and maybe everyone just chose to have a bad night, unfortunately. And 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 that's you know, 
anyways, which, which it happened. There was multiple people. There was, you know, the first great pass to Dante Thornton. Catch it. Go up and get it. You're taller than everybody out in the field. Right. Why didn't he? I don't know. Right. Um, in all Elaine's instance, what's going on with the snap count? Why are you committing a stupid penalty after the interception? Um, you're not blocking the right in, in the right direction on some plays. I, I saw it with with uh, Campbell, with John Campbell, the transfer. He played pretty good versus Virginia. We gave him pancake of the week. I saw him getting worked on pass oh, rush many times, and it's like. John, I know that you're better than that. I know that you can stop him. He's giving you an outside head fake inside move over and over and over. Pick it the fuck up. Like, yeah, yeah. you you know that the guys can do what they need to do. And it's that's what's frustrating about it is like, I've seen you be able to do this. Why can you not do it more often? Why are you having these hiccups? And that's what happens. I, and I thought about you during the game. Because of what you've said, you know, you've, you've said a lot of things that have stuck, especially, you know, about going back and watching the film, never as bad as you think, never as good as you think, whatever. But I thought about you. and You said it last year on the pod. Once I see that you are capable of this, this is the standard I hold you to. Yeah. And I'm happy you brought up John Campbell because he got whipped multiple times. And, and there was, like, Jeremiah Crawford had some really good plays. He had some bad plays. And it's like the John Campbell thing is kind of frustrating because – We've only seen him, you know, three games in now, but it's like I don't really remember Mincy getting worked in a total game like that last year when he was at left tackle or same thing with Jeremiah Crawford. I never saw – they maybe had, you know, some good plays and some bad plays, but I never felt like it was just like one game they just got worked constantly. No, no. So, and, that, and that's a bummer. But anyways, let's, let's, let, let me dive into some plays here. Yeah. I'm going to talk pretty quick about this. By the way, I'm going to talk offense first. This, I don't mean this to be a hot take. I truly believe it. As bad as the defense played, the offense lost us this game. Like For hands, sure. Hands down. For sure. So um, Definitely. And, and when we get the defense, I'll also mention Florida did awesome. Florida played within themselves so well, and it was a lot of base – it was a lot of high-level basic stuff, if that makes sense. It was all yeah. basic with just a little bit, of, little bit of window dressing. Okay, so offense, the first drive – Starts out great. I mean, the, the game could not have started any better. We get them, by the way, I for, completely forgot to tell you this. I took Tennessee minus a half in the first quarter. I I owe big Amari Thomas for saving me a decent amount of money. Yeah, for that block. Yes, and so that was kind of electric. If it hadn't been for that, I would have been really pissed the entire night. But anyways, we start, we start the game off. They go down. They drive it. They get some stuff. But we get off the field and giving up zero points. Honestly, even if we'd only given up a field goal, I would have been like, hey, that's a win because we're about to go down here and score, which we did. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, everything looks good. And then um, I love – so I'm going down offense. One of the one things I did love is I loved when we had Squirrel in the slot and the deep and the safeties are playing 30 and 40 yards off and they just get him a little hit trap. I I love that. It's like, hey, you know what? If they are going to play that deep, he's a guy that I want catching that. He's the only guy I want catching that. I didn't really want Jalen catching it last year. They would do it to Jalen. He doesn't have the wiggle. Like, Brew, I'm cool with Brew doing it because he's going to body someone. But it's like, I don't want Dante necessarily. Yeah, I know. We'll get there. there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, the only people people that really played like a consistently pretty good game 
were, in my opinion, were Brew, Aaron Beasley, Big Amari Thomas, and and probably James Pierce. Like those yeah, are. The I was ones- literally like, if I was like, if I'm on the po- if I was on the podcast last week, I would have made a point to say Brew is the leader of that wide receiver room, and he needs to get them right because he's consistent. He's the one who's catching balls. He's the one who's putting effort in. If the other guys are dropping balls and they're not putting the effort that they need, like he's the one who needs to hold them accountable. It kind of pissed me off too, by the way, when Kirk Herbstreet was getting on, which I love Kirk. I think he does a great job. But he's like, he's like, hey, I don't think these receivers can win on one-on-ones. Now, granted, I did not get the all 22 for, for this game, and so I can't see all of those. Mm-hmm. But I, it's hard for me to believe that Brew can't beat a one-on-one. It's hard for me to believe that Squirrel can't beat a one-on-one, and it's hard for me to believe Rommel. Now, Dante, I haven't seen it. He hasn't done it in orange yet. You would, He has all the skill sets to do it, but you can't tell me that Rommel, Squirrel, and Brew can't can't win one-on-one battles. So yeah. I, I personally disagree with Kirk on that and think it's more of a, a you know quarterback issue from time to time, not all the time. Anyway, so anyways, I love, uh, I love seeing that. Um... Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. I now now you read your own notes. No, that's no. Now I'm remembering. It says hit the second nine to Ramel, and I have dot 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 different game. Um, I don't even know what what that means anymore because I took these notes like two days ago. Uh, third nine call the running back screen, especially with the slow snap. Oh, I said the exact same thing you said. The third nine call running back screen, but it's a slow snap. They get they get timed uh, to react. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, here's one thing. We saw it multiple times. Me personally, I hate not having a running back in the backfield because as a defensive player and as a defensive coordinator and whatever else, I know that there's about a 10% chance of a run. And let me tell you this, Kyler, if it's Joe running – I don't give a dang. I'm telling my guys, if I'm coaching them and if I'm playing, I'm like, I'm a thousand percent playing very aggressive to the outside or to something else. I'm telling these guys, pin your ears back, go after the quarterback, because if he does run, I'm not worried about it. Like the best I've ever seen him run is probably a 15 yard pickup. Like we're going to live with that. So I hate taking away the threat of a run, even though we can do the bubbles, which is an extension of the run game. And the thing with Joe is he is a downhill runner. He cannot cut in space like Hendon could and make guys miss and fall over. Joe just can't do it. I mean, yeah, it was really pretty how he stiff-armed that guy versus Virginia and, like, made him look a little tiny guy, but he couldn't get around him. Like, Hendon would have juked him out. I wasn't even that impressed by that. No, it's not that impressive because I know Hendon would have juked him out and kept running and probably scored. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Everyone like wanted to put that on Twitter. It's like, dude, like he looked like a I mean, he kind of looked like a bitch. He kind of was like, yeah, he stiff armed the dude, but it's like he didn't look athletic or like I don't know. I didn't like it. No. Anyways, uh awful decision by Joe to let the let the ball go. That you you cannot you cannot throw a ball in the air like that. Like there were so many times I watched this that we, and it's like that just let the game get away from us. And then I'm watching it again. I'm like, if we had just scored here, if we had just – there were like Florida legitimately wanted to let us get back in the game. And yeah. little, little things. And there were times when like, we would put drives together and we would run it pretty well. I mean, there were times, as bad as the offensive line looked sometimes, there were times that they really, really did 
create some nice holes. And there were some good runs by Jalen and Jabari. So it's like Florida wanted to let us back in the game. Um, I have another one here. Crawford and John Campbell whipped just a br- a brutally. Um, yeah. How, how do we need – how do we need a timeout after being on the bench for like damn 10 minutes and then a play that uh let's see. Oh, and then and then after we called the timeout, then the play that we ran, look, it was screwed up. I mean, how how is that possible? I, is that on is I, I don't think that's on hype. Hype's really good at what he does, and he's got a lot of um equity built up joe doesn't have a lot of equity built up i'm not saying it was on joe maybe it was someone else but it's like i see that and i'm like that's not that's not coach heibel that's not the coach heibel i've seen two years ago the past two years where it's like we've been on the sideline we need to come out crisp we burn a timeout and then we don't look good yeah there was multiple times where coach had to call a timeout because of joe like because joe's not setting up the offense correctly because he's not paying attention to the play clock and it's like he didn't have to do that with Hendon. Right. So so then another one, third and six, great clean pocket, man coverage. It's everything that you want. This isn't on coaching. This is not – this is execution. Joe Dirt's it. He, he, he's Joe Dirt. Okay. So <laughs> then, then, like I said, then after half, the fucking play coming out of after half. And I did need to ask you this: How does the running back cause the cause him to fumble the ball? Like I, I I'm saying, like I saw how it happened. Like, but I'm saying, what, like, what's the scheme there? Like, is he not supposed to step inside? Herb Street said it, that Jalen thought it was supposed to be a run, and then Joe just decided to throw it. And then, do you- I think, um, I think it was timing with everything. Um, it definitely looked like. And I, I would have to watch it again because I don't really think – I don't remember if the offensive line was blocking for a run or not. Do you remember? I don't, and I should have looked at that. I should. Yeah, I because, because if they weren't, then it's just the running back trying to get in a good position to block. And, to, he, didn't, and he didn't get up quick enough, basically? And he w- didn't get up quick enough or got too close to Joe yeah. um, because it's like – I'm not paying attention to when Joe is moving to throw. Like that's right. not my job as the running back. My job as a running back is to make sure that nobody comes and hits him. Now, right. if we're sending a gap blitz, where do I need to be? Right in the a gap, and I need to be right there next to like it's. I don't know. Like I don't know exactly whose fault it is. I'm sure when they're going to watch film, it's probably going to be, "Hey, y'all are way too close together," before the ball snapped. Like. I don't know why you're a foot apart because it kind of seemed like they were super close even before. Um, but it's just stuff like that. Like spacing who could prepare I, yeah, for yeah. that happening on the first play. Right. Right. So, I'm going to finish up with offense with this. Cause we've already mentioned a bunch of, as we've been talking, Dante, you've already said it, go up and get the ball. It was PI. It, it was, PI. it definitely was, it was PI. They're not calling it. So if they're not calling it, you got to man up and go get it. And no. then like, this is the only thing that I'm so annoyed with on Hypo. It is for and, – and listen, I don't care that they kicked the, – the ref kicked the ball and Florida got the sub. It is fourth and one. You just had a nice drive to get back down there. You have a chance to get back in the game. It is fourth and one, and we're in shotgun. It drives me up a wall. Ever since his first year, 
when the very, very first time we play Pitt, uh, multiple other games when we're in that shotgun. And then even when we get under center and he hands it to Brew on an end around, like, bro, just Philadelphia. We, we've already done it once. Just do the Philadelphia Eagle uh, sneak and butt push. It's not ever going to be stopped. I don't care if they have four of those 500-pound fat guys for Florida. They're not going to stop one yard. And I thought about him because I know how much you can't stand him. Yeah. Okay, so here's another thing. When I watched that, they brought the receivers inside. They didn't. We we obviously because we don't huddle and we don't really sub, so we're not bringing in you know McCollin Castle, another offensive lineman, and you know and Jacob Warren and all these guys. They squeezed the Ramel and and Dante in. Dante stood there with his thumb up his ass and didn't touch anyone. It was, it was, I'm telling you, bro, if I'm that coach and like, I'm not ever going to demean anyone. Like I'm never going to dog custom or anything. I'm just going to turn the film on and just be like, Dante, I'm not trying to be mean at all. But like, what, like, like what happened here? Like, what are we seeing? Like, I want to play you. I can't play you if you're doing this. He didn't touch. He did this thing like the receivers will sometimes do where they kind of like, and he didn't run off the ball, but like, where they turn and step and like, okay, I'm right here. If someone comes right here, I'll touch them. But if they go anywhere else, I'm not going to go after them. And so these guys, these Florida guys are like, oh, my gosh, they're in shotgun. It's fourth and one. And it's like they just get to shoot the edge. I'll give Ramel credit. He kind of played patty cake with his guy. But the only reason he played patty cake with his guy is because his guy didn't move. His mm-hmm. corner was like, I'm in man coverage. I'm not going in on it. Like, I'm staying right here. I don't need to be about that action. And mm-hmm. it's like. First off, I hate it. I, I hate that Coach Hubbard does it, and I and I respect him so much, and he's so good. But I'm just like, it's fourth and one every time. Like the the Philadelphia Eagles don't overthink it ever. They no. do it every time. If you have something that works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Do it every time. Yeah. So I hated it. The offensive line, I felt like actually got a decent push. It was the guys coming in from the other outside that the that either the the tight ends didn't get her. Like I said, Dante was standing there with his thumb up his ass. I mean, I could have. Oh, it was so frustrating. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just. Did you it's see? It's also very much like. I thought we made really good adjustments in the second half on offense and very much on defense. Um, they scored three points in the second half, so yes, very much on defense, but the refs just started to be a part of the game but out listen, of nowhere. I know, I know, but I don't want I personally don't want to go there because that, that wasn't the reason we lost the game. Yeah, obviously there was other stuff, but I will say it made it a lot more difficult to get back in the game. Fair, fair. Okay, um, defense. And then let's shout out Brew before we move to defense. I, I mean, petition to give 15 to the dog of the team moving forward, number 15. Uh, it'd be great. I mean, that truck stick on that guy and some of the running backs in Jalen and Jabari and the way they ran the ball in the second half and fighting for the extra yards, that's the shit where I'm like, I believe in this team. I believe in these guys. Look at the effort they're putting in. Why can we not execute? Like, hey, Hypel, change it up. Start running the damn ball every every freaking play because it works. I mean, we don't get negative yardage runs. Like, we're always getting positive yards on our runs every single time. And uh, it just, 
it just really sucks when you see guys care so much and show so much effort and then they get nothing in return. Yeah, that's that was my biggest thing when I've been on teams and I'm out there fighting and, and, and doing everything I can because I hate to lose. And then I see some stuff like that. And it's like it's a fine line when you're younger in high school and then in college. It's like because these are your buddies and these are your friends. And like there are some there's some individuals that are savage enough to be, hey, we're teammates. You know, we don't have to be buddies. And I, I feel like it's easier for me to do in the professional world. It's like you're my coworker. I'm going to treat you with the utmost respect and professionalism. But like, if I don't think you're, if you're not doing what you need to do and it's affecting me, like I'm going to say something to you. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's easier in that realm because you're not going to classes with these guys. You're not hanging out with them. You're not going to the same parties. You're not, you might, you might not genuinely like some of your um, coworkers, but a lot of the times you're going to genuinely like, them. I mean, some of these guys are the best friends, some of your best friends. And so, but it's like, you have to hold those guys accountable and hopefully they have some decent really respect to be like, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm going to, my effort, and, and I tweeted out, like, I hate losing, but I really hate getting punked. And we got punked as a team. But when I went back and watched it, there were people, there were more people fighting than, than I, like, like, like you said, Brew was fighting, the running backs were fighting, Jeremiah Crawford got whipped a couple times, but I also saw him make sure to pancake a couple people too when mm-hmm. we were down. It's like, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm, I'm going to get mine at least. And so, yeah. Uh, maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe it wasn't that they laid down and it really was. It was just such a lack of execution. Defensively, this team defensively is so – like our team is so much built like the Colts of Peyton Manning years. And I watch those teams so much. As a Titans fan, it's like if you can run on them, if you can wear them down, if you can do all that, you're going to have a really, really good chance if the offense doesn't score quick. If, if, if you can't score quick, if you can't connect on some of those long balls, mm-hmm. Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis can't pin their ears back and go. It was always a different game for those Colts when they're not up 14, 10, 17. And yeah. it's so much of how this team is run. You know how easy or how much easier it is to play defense and the mindset that the offensive coordinator, the head coach, and the offensive players for the other team are when they're like, holy shit, the game just started and we're down 14? Like, did you just see how quick that team felt? And it was so frustrating. And when when uh, Kirk Herbstreit was like, "Yeah, the Florida defensive coordinator was like, we're going to be aggressive. We're not going to let them dictate to us. We're not scared of them." It's like you can should be if we if we would have executed. And that's exactly. that's that's what makes me mad. Is like they feel like they put this gig good game plan together. It's like no, you didn't. It's it's like play, play us again last year and and see what happens. So. Um, we're, we're very much built, like I said, like those Colts teams. And even with all the missed tackles, whether it was your eyes in the wrong spots, you're taking bad angles, you're not getting your head across, which is a huge deal. When you're coming in, you have to get your head across because these guys will run through these arm tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Even with all that stuff, the defense still played a good enough game to win it. Now, oh, yeah. I don't know what Kamal Han was doing. I don't know if that was a brain fart. I, listen, I don't because there's other times that he goes up and makes good tackles. Like, he'll shoot his gun and go. I mean, he made a really nice third down stop that got us the ball back in the fourth quarter. But it's He like, did. He did. But but it's it, – he's inconsistent, right? He Like, that was a great open field tackle. It, it was him one-on-one with a running back who could have made him miss, and he made that in the fourth quarter. But – 
there was multiple other plays where he's just going in with his shoulder. Like he's not wrapping. He's not going with his arms. And I don't know what that is and what that is about DBs that they like to do that. Um, But like, I can see the growth Kamala's had in his coverage skills. Like he has gotten better in coverage. He has gotten better at tracking the ball. And it's like, Hey dude, put your complete game together. I can see that you put effort into making yourself a better player. What's going on with the, like what's going on with the tackling? You're embarrassing yourself with this kind of tackling. And the thing about tackling is for that instance, there is technique involved, like get your head across, wrap up and all that. But other times it's just a want to thing. It's just, if you come in and it's a one, and so it's like I would love to ask him, like, what, what were you, what were you doing? Like, I, was it just a brain fart? Like, he, hoping that Wesley Walker was going to make the tackle. I, yeah, you're right. Maybe just not being prepped mentally. I mean, I've had plenty of times where I will have a play and I would think back on it and would, and I'm like, what? Why did I do that? Like, what? What? Like, what? Why did I do that? You know, I don't know. But anyways. Yeah, the mindset he should have had going in was Wesley's coming up to try and make this tackle. He's going to get him off his feet or unbalanced, and he's not going to see me, and I get to make a hit-stick tackle on someone who doesn't see me or someone who is airborne. Like, that's what I would think as a defender. Oh, great. Wesley Walker's about to set me up for a big hit. Right. Yeah. No. So, first play, big O, great push. I mean – Big O had was, a great push all night. He, he did. was messing up guards left and, and did right. you listen? Did you listen to my pod about the Austin P game? How I thought I just needed more out of him because he just didn't flash, and I just didn't think that he was very good. And it could have just been that he didn't want to be out there against Austin P. I don't, I don't know, but he had a great push all night. Kamal shot his gun really well. I did think he got blocked in the back a little bit, but it's it's like you still got to make that play. But at least he got up there and got a hand on it, kind of slowed the guy down. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the, the sideline to sideline, I, I mean, they had our guys in a in a in a blender, and it's the eyes, the eyes, the eyes are so important. And the sad thing was, it was basic stuff. It was we're just gonna jet sweep, and then we're gonna fake the jet sweep and hand it off. It's like, guys, I mean. They acted like they were playing the triple option and the wing T and everything all combined. It's like it's just a it's just a jet sweep or it's just a fake jet. Like trust your teammate. Like there's someone else that has that responsibility. Yeah. You read your key, and then once you read your key and realize, oh, he did hand it that jet sweep. Okay, then then go sideline sideline. But anyways, uh, third and one, big O, awesome again. Two to three yards in the backfield. Omar Norman Light. Did you hear what I said? Who I thought Omar Norman Light was like. On one of the pods. Yeah, I think we talked about it. Jarrell Casey of the Tennessee Yes, it was on the first. It was Virginia, yeah. I heard that. Okay. Um, uh, Tyler Barron, walk buddy back. Roman set the edge nice. Great down the line. uh, And a great great tackle by by Gabe Judy Alley. Um, The other thing defensively, third down was brutal. And as you play defense in high school – Playing defense, that is a backbreaker. That is that that does bring the morale down. As much as you don't want to admit it, you know you go out there like, hey, let's get a stop. Like, let's go. And it's like first down. All right, good. Second down, it's like third and twelve. Like, let's get this. And then they make a play, 
it's it is brutal. And so you kind of have to have a really quick reset while on the field, like, okay, let's get a stop. Let's get and then hopefully someone makes a play. So then it's like like let's go, like let's get fired up. And then yeah. you're not at that third down anymore because someone stepped up and made a play. That's why you always have to keep in the game. But third downs, murder like the first and second down defense was pretty damn good. Third yeah. down defense was awesome. And I hated to see Mertz start getting a little swag about him and start getting some confidence. That never bodes well for Tennessee when we have the crappy quarterback or the backup quarterback out there playing his Heisman night. But it's little things. Tim Banks has got these guys, hey, we're third and 12. We're going to maybe bring a little zone pressure. There's uh, Warren Burrell or whoever it was. You're sitting right there in zone. You're watching the quarterback. That's not your responsibility zone. Find who's in your zone and don't let them Ben Roethlisberger, San Antonio Holmes you for the Super Bowl win where the guy's keeping his feet inbounds. That's the little stuff right there where you have to get off the field. Or later in the game where the Graham Mertz rolls out and Brandon Turner. I mean, this infuriated me. This oh, is No, but it didn't infuriate me that he jumped. It infuriated me that in the middle of running, Graham Mertz pointed at him like, I just got you. Like, you can go back and watch it. And he pumps, points at him, and then runs out sticking the ball out like this, like all those quarterbacks love doing. And it infuriated me. So, um, great slash by Aaron Beasley. Great open field tackle by Gabe. Nice D-line pressure, first and second, third and five. Nice slant. And Gabe had decent coverage. That was one that was like, hey, that's just a good pass, good throw by them. Gabe was on his back. There wasn't much he could do. Mm-hmm. Long TD run. We've already talked about it. I will say on that long TD run, something that I did notice going back and watching the film, um, it was a bad timing on a blitz. That happens. We brought the backside safety tank down on a blitz. So that means when someone, if he's coming down, if you're watching the game, he's coming down on the offensive uh, left side. Um, well, for the offenses, they're right side. But he's coming down left side. The run's coming back the other way. That hurts because there's a one less guy. Takes to, him out of the play. Exactly, but there's one less guy to save a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, you you were literally taking yourself out of a play. Say something. That that play, too, um, kind of opened me up to start watching Elijah Herring more. And as the game went on, and we saw him, like, confused and looking over at Beasley and like, you know, I love, I love Elijah. I liked a lot of the things he did last year. I, I I thought, you know, he can be a good player, but there's a reason he wasn't first day starter, right? There's a reason Keenan Peli was out there. And, and, and based on how, how, how Keenan played in just the Virginia game, it, it would have really helped to have him. It's or, here. Right. It's but, here. Keenan he doesn't need to look over at Aaron Beasley and ask him what's going on. And Aaron doesn't have to tell someone, hey, what you're supposed to be doing. Because Elijah really didn't play that well in the first half because of those mental mistakes. And you saw in the second half who got playing time. Aaron Carter did. Right. He was getting rotated in there. Elijah and him were going back and forth. But Aaron was also like, hey, Aaron, what the frick do I do here? What am I supposed to do on this play? Who am I supposed to cover? And was slow to react. That, like, who would have thought losing Keenan Peli would have been a huge loss for this defense? Because that's how it felt that night, especially with them working sideline to sideline. Well, what I was going to say, with a team that ran the ball as much as they did, because he's going – 
he it's like it's like if we were in the if we were in the NFL, he's our first and second down backer. Yeah. I mean, he's there for for run stopping, run support, all those things, first, second down backer. Uh, there was something oh, I will say this. Uh to, to piggyback on Elijah, um when he would take blocks on in his gap, he would turn. Yes. Listen, this as someone that is I have not taken blocks on from SEC caliber offensive line, but I took plenty of guys size-wise that were, you know, whether you're an SEC guy or you're a Memphis or whether you're playing at damn Maryville High School, the skill level can be different, but 6'5", 300 is 6'5", 300. You, you get what I'm saying? Like the size is a size. It's not fun to necessarily do it, but when you go in – if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if they're coming, you're gonna take on with your left shoulder to keep your outside arm free. That's what you have to do. You can't go in left shoulder and be turned like this. And yeah. he did way too many times. You, if you're gonna stick your face in there, you got to stick your face in there and take up your, take up your gap or play at property where hey, outside arm free here, outside arm free here. And he didn't do it. Another thing that I noticed, which I, I want to wrap it up. Uh, I don't want to keep talking too 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 much longer, but. And this is something that would be different. I felt like, and I don't know if you noticed this, I felt like Florida took us where we wanted to go and kind of used a lot. They did use a lot of our aggression against us, whether it was screens, the misdirection. We are a very aggressive defense, and they mm-hmm. used that against us. But even like you would see someone get a really good push, and they kind of olay and say, hey, you want to go up that alleyway, and you want to make a crease? Okay, I'll take you there and seal off. And then someone else would get a really good push this way. And like, hey, you can get – three yards in the back foot. I'm going to seal you though. And yeah. there was a lot of really, really good alleyways for those running backs. Even when we got really good push. Now, some defenses are like that. Some defenses are, Hey, get your ass up field. We're going to be aggressive. And other ones are, we've talked about it. Hey, get one or like come off the ball, engage, and then stand there. We don't, cause we don't want to create alleyways. Did you notice how they were doing that a lot? No, I, I definitely did. And, and with a lot of run plays, you're, running back is taught to aim for a certain gap on the front side, on the back side, whatever, but there's other gaps, right? You, you on a zone inside zone, you're aiming for the front side, a gap, but you're determining your cut based off of the block of the center and the guard. If a guy forces out, then stay in that a gap. If he comes in, maybe you cut it back to the other a gap. Like, even on the the powers, it's it's where does your puller get on the linebacker? Where does the linebacker head? Does he over pursue? Does he overflow? Because then maybe you're taking it on the front side A. Does he stay inside? Then maybe you're taking it on the front side B gap on the outside of that linebacker. So there are always those things. So if people get off level by r- rushing upfield so much, where a center and a guard are looking to double-team a down lineman up to the linebacker. And that down lineman takes off upfield and just crushes the B-gap upfield. That center didn't have to touch him. That center gets free run to the linebacker. He doesn't have to worry about anything else. And if the running back can see that happening and make a cut, then he can just follow the center's butt. You don't understand how many times I paused it to watch, hey, who who got here? Who got here? Why is this gap here? There were so many times I paused it. 
Roman, James Pierce, Omar Norman Lott, whoever the case may be, and they're three yards upfield. And it's like, hey, great push. Like you did you did a good job that way. I mean, you you reset the line of scrimmage, but you also create an alleyway. And yeah. I don't know if that's because of something that Tim Banks teaches them or what Rodney Garner teaches them and how it's been great for us in some games, but this one it came back to bite us. It just felt like everything that Florida did played into played in perfectly to what we do. If if yeah. that that makes sense. And so that was, that was frustrating. Uh, but it was, it was one thing that I noticed, uh, okay. Defensively, I'm just going to hit on a, a few more things. The third and six, I don't know what happened on the third and six when they get down in the red zone. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aaron Carter runs with his guy. So is it man to Marion passes off? Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, sorry, I had a message come up on uh, storage, whatever. Okay, so anyways, back to what I was saying. I so on that play, it's a huge, it's a huge play. It's third and six in the red zone. Like I said, Arian Carter's running with a guy. Tamarian runs, but then passes a guy off. They pass the guy off. That's the uh, Pearsall. He catches it like a little baby shallow route. Easily gets the first down. Like makes an attempt at the end zone. What what happens there? Like that that stuff that that you can't you can't have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said it's amazing to see how a fake jet sweep results in a 20 to 30 yard just zone. Or I don't even know if it was a zone or an ISO or whatever it was, but you can't have a fake jet sweep resulting in 20, 30 yards downfield. Uh, Aaron Beasley, it was probably one of the only things that he did poorly overcommitted or bad eyes. I don't know which one it was, but he, he wasn't there. Brian Eason had some pretty good plays. This one he got he got pancaked. I don't know if he got tired, if he took a bad step, if he had a misstep and slipped. He got pancaked. Not great. Um, another one where Karat and Eason both got bullied off the ball, which which was brutal. See that second quarter, three oh five. I don't know if that's because they'd been out there for a while. Some of those yeah. long holes that Heat was catching up with them. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I've got one even here. When Tamarian makes a good read, he still misses a tackle. Uh, the screenplay, oh, my gosh. The second the sidearm, Graham Mertz. Bro, that's when, you, that's when you know it's not your day. Tyler Barron is holding him, like about to sack him, and he just effortlessly, cool, cold, calm, cool, and collective dumps it. Like I said, Tamarian read it great, misses a tackle, doesn't get his head in front, and then Elijah – just a young he, – he's a younger guy. He doesn't have that veteran in him saying, hey, this guy's letting me pass. What, what's going on here? Now, if, if it's man – now, if he's on a blitz, that's one thing. If it's man, it's pretty inexcusable because if it's man, you sit there and hold him and you can tackle him because it's behind the line of scrimmage. So there's no P.I. back there. You can – you see NFL guys do it all the time. Some of these really good veteran guys like a Cam Jordan who mm. I just recently saw week one against the Titans. I mean – that guy does that crap all the time. It just blows the play up. Yeah, that's what I was saying about Keenan Pila. It's like one of the first third downs versus Virginia, it was a sack because of what Keenan Pila did in his read of the running back and getting out there to cover him. I, yes. And and the quarterback didn't want to throw it because he saw him sitting there. And it's like that could have affected that screenplay if Keenan's in there and his experience. And – 
that it's like, wow, I did not realize that was going to be such a big loss for us. I was like, okay, time for Elijah to step up. He's played some good football and I've seen some growth out of him. All right, here we go. And it, buddy wasn't ready. Like he just wasn't, he wasn't making good decisions on the football field. I forgot here. So I'm, I'm, I'm done defensively. We we've talked enough about it and I miss some of these, some of these on offense because my notes confuse me. The, the third and 11, I hate that play call. How are you going on a third and 11 screen to squirrel to the short side of the field? Thank goodness that he fought his fanny off to get that first down. I hate that play call, but it worked out. Yeah. Him it, and, and castle both fighting their asses off oh, to get first down. Colin castle had some really nice blocks. Really nice incredible. Blocks. Really nice blocks. Third and four, third and four. We get two guys in motion, flag. And it's like, okay, that pisses me off. It's third and nine, third and nine, and Heifel's offense still shouldn't be that big deal. It's a nice throw on the slant to McCollin Castle and another nice effort to get the first. But defense got, you know, got off the field. If you score there 14 to 26, you know, it, it's just a – we had so many chances to make it a different game. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's done. It's over with. It's done. It's over with. We talked about enough. Vols versus UTSA. Kyler, I'm going to the game. If I had not already bought tickets, I probably wouldn't go to the game because I I just don't know what this team's going to show me. And if we don't play well and UTSA has uh, John Franklin or John Harris or whatever that guy's name is, if he's back, and I'm assuming we're going to run it right down their throats. But Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it very much is like, hey, this, yeah, UTSA isn't that great of a team, but neither is Austin P. Yeah, facts. facts. So, like – you better lock the fuck in because they can still come in here and make it a game. And what I hope to see out of it is that just like you just said, run the fucking ball. I want to run the ball 80% of the time. Honestly, I do. Hey, be, let me say this, be clean and, and execute I mean, it's we have to have we have to have two get right games. We had to have a get right game in Florida after Austin P. That didn't go well. If you don't get right before South Carolina comes in here, that's seven thirty. South Carolina's not that good of a team, but they got guys that are good enough to embarrass us on 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 a night game, and and we want revenge. We we won't be getting revenge on anybody if if we don't mm-hmm. play right. And Kyler, I want to see some deep shots and. You know, maybe I say I want to get Joe some work, but maybe Josh Heupel just knows, hey, Reed, he is who he is. I, If we throw five deep shots against UTSA, he might complete one or two of them. And so it's it's like I want to see practice, but maybe the practice isn't – it's too late for that. Like, he is who he is. I don't know. And, and and it could just also be like, what's the defense giving you? Do they have two safeties back and they're 30 yards away? Then, and, yeah, I'm not going to – I'm going to throw the bubble. Like, I have a better chance of getting yards when I throw the bubble or I'm going to hand it off. So sometimes it is defense is like I don't want to get beat deep. Smart, smart. I'm thinking like a fan, and you're thinking like the former player. So that you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. That's all. We're, that's all we're perfect together. Peanut butter and jelly, pancakes and bacon. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, bud. Stay bright. All right, see ya. Okay, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Uh, If you are watching, please like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Leave a comment. We love them. If you're just listening, rate and review, download, re-download, 
and follow us on all those platforms. Um, and also follow us on social media uh, at Pancakes and Bacon for our main account on Twitter at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, you can follow Reed at rbacon26 on Twitter. And then for myself, it's just at Kyler Kerbison for all social medias. So check me out there. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Thank you again so much. Uh, and as always, go Vols. Thank you.